Welcome to a new edition of the Balaterals.org podcast where we discuss the most recent development around free trade agreements. On May 23rd, during US President Biden's trip to Japan, the White House announced the launch of the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework. The framework has 14 members so far, including Australia, Brunei, Fiji, India, Indonesia, Japan, South Korea, Malaysia, New Zealand, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. Fiji is notably the only Pacific island country that joined the initiative. And the initiative consists of four negotiating pillars, namely trade, of which digital trade is a central piece, supply chains, clean energy and infrastructure, tax and anti-corruption. But the framework uses a menu-based approach in which countries can pick which pillar they would like to be part of. Importantly, it does not offer market access, but the US Trade Representative added that the initiative will seek commitments with partners that facilitate agricultural trade through science-based decision-making and the adoption of transparent regulatory practices. For the US administration, the framework can be seen as a geopolitical tool to re-engage with East Asia and Southeast Asia after former President Trump withdrew from the Trans-Pacific Partnership in 2017. In the recent past, China has been deepening its economic engagement in a region through various initiatives, such as the RCEP trade deal with 14 Asia-Pacific countries, the Belt and Road Initiative, or the Digital Economic Partnership Agreement with New Zealand and Singapore. The US-led framework could encourage regional economies to reduce their dependency on China through the diversification of supply networks, or what is dubbed as friendshoring. Civil society groups have expressed concerns. For instance, Public Service International said that the proposed Indo-Pacific Economic Framework threatens to provide another space for multinational corporations to undermine democracy and establish rules that put profits before people. The Consumer Association of Panang added that the digital economy provisions sought by uh, US big tech companies would undermine Malaysia's privacy, consumer protection, health, environmental, financial, tax, and other crucial regulations. Group have made clear that they will resist the IPEF if it turns out to be just another way to promote the corporate agenda and a proxy for the US's geopolitical goals. Also in the region, Pacific Island countries declined to sign a region-wide trade and security deal that China has been pushing, but Beijing said it remained confident it could strike a deal with the 10 nations in the near future. Meanwhile, the Chinese government did manage to hold talks on a free trade agreement with Papua New Guinea. China is already a major investor and buys much of the country's gas, minerals, timber and other resources. In West Asia, on May 31st, Israel signed a free trade agreement with the United Arab Emirates, which is its first large trade deal with an Arab state. This follows a bilateral investment treaties that was signed by both states last year after they had normalized their diplomatic relations 
under the impetus of former US President Donald Trump. There are concerns that the agreement will apply to the occupied Palestine, as it does not differentiate Israel's internationally recognized borders and Israeli settlements on occupied Palestine territory. In Africa, Algeria has suspended foreign trade with Spain amid an escalating dispute over the status of Western Sahara. Spain was a formal colonial power in Western Sahara until the region was annexed by Morocco in 1975. In March, the Spanish government publicly recognized Morocco's plan to grant the region autonomy rather than full independence, whereas Algeria has long backed the Polisario movement that is seeking full independence. The European Union claimed that the Algerian move was a violation of the EU-Algeria Association Agreement that entered into force in 2005. Last year, Balaterals.org interviewed the Sahrawi activist Jalihenna Mohamed, who said that the EU was protecting Morocco's occupation of the Western Sahara. He pointed out the EU's double standards when it backed the application of the EU-Morocco trade deal to the Western Sahara, in spite of the decision from the European Court of Justice that forbade it. And finally, on June 11th, hundreds of protesters marched in Geneva on the margins of the 12th Ministerial Conference of the World Trade Organization. They condemned the negative role the World Trade Organization and free trade agreements have had in agriculture, which has impoverished countless farmers around the world. And that's it for today. More information about this podcast news can be found in the links provided in the description box. More trade news coming up soon in next month's podcast. In the meantime, you can visit bilaterals.org. I'm Nicolas Roux, bilaterals.org, signing off.